0: So we're going through a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount every Sunday morning here at First Baptist Church, looking verse by verse at what Jesus said, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, a series entitled Exceed. And in this sermon series, Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount that my followers, the citizens of the kingdom, are to be different. You are to be different and live different than the rest of the world. I want to show you a picture. Do you know what this is? It's a fruit market. Do you know where it is? No, it's not the farmer's market in Dallas. This is a fruit market just a few miles from where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. It's in northern Israel, a lot of fruit there, a lot of fruit markets, and this is a modern market just a few miles from where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. Now. There is, there, where he preached it, there are all kinds of fruits. Very fertile. Uh, you, you have apples, avocados, bananas, dates, figs, tomatoes, lemons, mangoes, peaches, pears, plums, grapes, olives, nectarines, watermelon, all within just a few miles of where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. Fruit everywhere. Here's a picture of. Um, uh, of where it's, a lot of the trees they're harvesting. That also is just a few miles today from where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. He preached it in the fall of the year, which meant there would have been a lot of fruit. So no doubt, as he's preaching there on the hillside by the Sea of Galilee, the, the crowd could look out in every direction and see trees that are loaded with fruit hanging off of them, all kinds of fruit. And so in this sermon, Jesus basically said, you you look around and you see all kind of fruit around you on the trees, except in the lives of the people around you. You're not finding any. Read with me what he said, starting in verse 15 of chapter 7. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree... Cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So in chapter seven of Matthew, Jesus begins to conclude the Sermon on the Mount. As he did so, he gives us one warning after another. Things are getting getting serious. And so Jesus told us, do not judge hypocritically, and do not give what's holy to the dogs, and whatever you wish someone to do to, to you, do to them, and enter by the narrow gate. But now in verses 15 through 20, Jesus gave us a stern warning. So appropriate... For our day. And in this passage, he only gives us one imperative, which means imperative is a command. So there's only one command he gives us. So let's look. Number one on your outline, verse 15 Jesus' only imperative in the passage. The only command he gives is the very first word Beware. Beware. Now, the word beware that he uses there in the Greek language is a compound word. It's the word pros-echo. You'll see it on the screen. It literally means to bring near. It means to be attentive. It means to turn your mind to something. So right before Jesus said this, he looked at the crowd preaching the sermon, congregation like you, and he says, listen to me. Now, folks, whenever the the Lord of glory says, listen to me, you need to listen. Beware. Bring it near what I'm about to tell you. Turn it over in your mind. Pay very close attention. If I see a sign that says, beware of dog, I'm not going near the dog. I was golfing at, uh, at Possum Kingdom one time. I hit the ball off the fairway into the weeds, and so I went to get it, and there's a sign there that says, beware of rattlesnakes. They got to keep the ball. I didn't go out there. <laughs> I was golfing another time in Florida, and I hit the ball into the water. Yes, this is a pattern. I hit the ball into the water, and I went over there to the water, and there's a sign that says, beware of alligators. They got to keep the ball. Now, if you see a sign that says, beware of dog, it's there for a reason. That dog has bitten somebody. And if there's a sign that says, beware of alligators or rattlesnakes, it's there for a reason. They've seen alligators and rattlesnakes. And when Jesus says, beware, he's seen it. It's there for a reason. So, what do you say? Beware of false prophets. false propheties, those people who claim to say something or do something for God, and they're wrong. Watch out. They're trying to mislead you. Now. What is a false prophet? Well, pastor, it's somebody who stands behind a pulpit and, and preaches false things. That's part of it. A false prophet is somebody who teaches the Word of God, and they have an official role as a teacher, and they're teaching wrong things. That, that's part of it, absolutely. That's not all of it. A false prophet or a false prophetes refers to anybody claiming to be something or know something from God or from God's word, and they're wrong. It could be a friend of yours. They don't have to have a pulpit. It could be a friend of yours, it could be a coworker, it could be a family member, it could be a school teacher. You be anybody that's in your circle and they speak for God and they're wrong. Happens all the time. Oh, God wants you to be happy. He never said that. Who said that? They did. They are a false professor. God never said that. But they tell you that. God wants you to be true to yourself. You have to be you. God never said that. But there are people in your life that say that. They're they're wrong. God never mentioned that. They are a false professor of God. And what God said. Well, the Bible doesn't really mean it when it says that. God said it. Well, you can't really take the Bible literally in that case. They are false professors of what God said. Oh, you can can still go out and party and, and be a Christian. God didn't say that. They said that. Well, it really doesn't matter what you believe. All roads lead to God. God never said that. They said that. Well, whenever you die, you become an angel. God never said that. You see, folks, there are false professors around us all the time. And Jesus said, Beware of them, they will lead you down the wrong road. There are a lot of people around you who speak falsely for God, not just behind a pulpit. They're in your circle, and they're telling you wrong things. So beware. Chrysostom was um, Bishop of Constantinople, 4th century, and Chrysostom said about this passage, whether it's an official or unofficial capacity, false prophetes is anybody who's seeking to mislead you. Friend, co worker, family member, school teacher, doesn't matter. They would be a false professor. Now, how do you recognize them? Jesus spent most of his time talking about that. Number two on your outline, verses 16 through 20, how will you recognize a false professor? Well, in order to describe how to recognize false professors, Jesus turned to the land around him. He turned to nature. So there he is teaching on the hillside, the the crowd below him. He's up on top of the mountainside on the hillside. Land all around him, lush Galilean fruit everywhere. And so he turns to to an agricultural analogy to describe false teachers. And he refers to the trees which are beside him. And he bookends what he's about to say. He bookends it with verse 16 by saying, you will recognize them by their fruits. And he teaches for a while, and he goes to the back end on verse 20, and he says, you will recognize them by their fruits. So he bookends what he's saying, his teaching, with verse 16 and verse 20, both of them saying the exact same thing, you will recognize them by their fruits. Now in the New Testament, Fruit was anything that came out of your life. Fruit was your actions, be it good fruit or bad fruit. So all the way through the New Testament, it talks about fruit. It's talking about the actions that come out of your life. In, in Galatians 5, Paul talks about the good fruit that comes out of your life. Our children are going to talk about that in their musical tonight, the fruit of the Spirit that for, out of a believer's life, love and joy and peace and, and, and patience and gentleness and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and self control. Those fruit that, that fruit that comes out of your life. But for a non believer, he calls it diseased fruit. Literally means rotten fruit fruit or putrefied fruit so what Jesus is saying is out of a good person's life of a good tree good fruits going to come love joy peace patience gentleness out of a diseased life will come rotten actions and that's the difference now, notice what he said in verse 16. He said, recognize. You will recognize them by their fruit. The word recognize is a very common word in the Greek language in the New Testament. It's the word ginosko. You'll see it on the screen here with the prefix epi in front of it. Literally means to be thoroughly acquainted with something or to know something well. So listen to what Jesus is saying. Watch people's lives closely and determine what kind of fruits there. Know them well. Watch carefully and see what's in their life. You know, sometimes we are we're blinded to a person's fruit. Sometimes people give us theological advice about what God is like and their lives is their life is a mess. And they're giving us advice on what God wants our life to be, what we should believe and how we should act and what we should do, and their life's a wreck. There are some people telling us what to believe, what lifestyle to live, what God's okay with, what he's not okay with, and, and they haven't been to church in years. They haven't read the Bible in years, never even read it all the way through, and they're giving us advice on what God believes. Here's a pretty good rule. Before you take theological advice from somebody, watch their fruit. Watch what comes out of their life. Watch whether their life is a mess or not. Because a lot of people will speak for God who don't know what he's saying. Now here's another point. If you remember 2 weeks ago we were in chapter 1 verse 7 chapter 7 verse 1 and if you remember it says do not judge lest you be judged. Remember that? And we talked about how Matthew 7-1 is now officially the most quoted verse in all of America. It has surpassed John three sixteen. John three sixteen for years was the most quoted verse in America. Now it's Matthew 7-1. Do not judge, because that is the mantra of our culture. You can't judge me. You don't, don't judge. And that's not what he was saying. Let me ask you a question. How on earth do you judge Gauge fruit if you don't judge. How do we fulfill what Jesus just told us to do? Recognize them by their fruit if we don't judge actions that are right, actions that are wrong. How? We can't. We are to judge actions. We are to watch fruit. We're to watch lives. Good fruit, bad fruit. How do you tell? You judge. Matthew 7, 1, he was talking about judging unhypocritically. Don't be a hypocrite about judging. Judge hypocritically. In fact, John seven twenty four. judge righteously. But nobody ever quotes Matthew 7, 16. You'll know them by the fruits. They quote Matthew 7, 1. Don't judge. Because they're wanting their actions affirmed. Jesus said, be fruit inspectors. Determine if fruit is good or bad. That's how you're going to know. Now, I have noticed through the years that that people who speak falsely for God have certain characteristics about them. Certain traits, people that say wrong things about God to you and try to get you to either live a certain way or believe a certain way. I've noticed they have certain traits, and I just jotted a few of them down. Um, one of them is I've, I've noticed that they emphasize the flesh more than the spirit. It's usually something about what I can do or can't do in my flesh. I've noticed another thing about them is that they divide more than they unify. I've also noticed about them that they take the Bible and they twist it to their own advantage. I've also noticed about false professors that they speak the language of the broad road. You remember last last Sunday we talked about the broad road that everybody's on and the narrow road that's really hard, that's the way to life. And everybody on the broad road, you hear all the same phrases of culture that all sound really good, but they're wrong. And I've noticed false professors speak the language of the broad road. They quote phrases over and over from from culture. I've noticed also about them that they devalue Jesus. In some way, Jesus is lessened, or his demands are lessened. And I've also noticed about them that they they never talk about repentance. Repentance. They never talk about a need to turn from what you're doing because it's wrong. They always just say, oh, if it works for you, you're good. So if if you're listening to somebody who has these characteristics, I'd listen to somebody else. Because Jesus said, beware. Beware. Now, in verse 17, Jesus gives us a lesson in dendrology. You know what dendrology is? It's the study of trees. The word dendron is the Greek word for tree. So dendrology is the study of trees. So Jesus gives us a lesson in dendrology. He says, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased trees bear bad fruit. Now, in looking at a tree, sometimes you can't tell if it's a good tree or a bad tree. This looks like a tree. You can't tell. The only way you're going to tell is wait for the fruits to come. When the fruit pops out, you grab one and you open it up and it's good, it's a good tree. On the other hand, if it's time for fruit and there's no fruit on the tree, it's a disease tree. Or if you reach for it and you pop it open and it's rotten inside, it's a disease tree. You don't know just by looking. You have to wait for fruit season. Then you can tell. And so what Jesus is saying here is a play on words. The word fruit you'll see on the screen is the word karpos. The word disease is the word sapros. So it was a play on words of the hearing. Sapros, carpos. You're going to see sapros, carpos, Diseased fruit. So often, a lot of people say they believe in God and they've trusted Jesus as Savior. But folks, to be honest, the fruit that comes out of their lives is diseased fruit. Something's wrong. They say, yes, I I believe in Jesus. I I accept him into my heart as Savior. But there's diseased fruit coming out of their life. Something's wrong. That's not what I said. It's what Jesus said. Something's wrong. You know, sometimes people will, um, they will, they'll walk an aisle, nine years old. They'll come up on Sunday morning, I want to be saved, and, and we lead them in a prayer and everybody's happy for them and they shake their hand. A couple of weeks later, we'll put them in the baptistry and all the families here, they're in the front, front two rows, and everybody applauds, they're happy, and they're baptized. And then that nine-year-old boy or girl grows up, and they have no spiritual interest at all. No spiritual interest in the things of God, never read the Bible, never go to church live their lives like a lost person you can't tell the difference just in looking at the two and then they die and we roll them up here for the funeral and we stand up and say nine years old they trusted jesus nine years old and we hang on to that nine years old And jesus said nope i'm not playing that game if there's not good fruit it's not a good tree doesn't matter what you signed. Doesn't matter when you walked. Doesn't matter who baptized you. If there's not good fruit, you're not a good tree. Jesus is very clear. We hang on to things he didn't hang on to. Good trees have good fruit, bad trees have bad fruit so what is in a person's hearts really obvious watch their actions listen to them talk you'll find out exactly what's in there exactly no exceptions then verse 18 he goes further he said a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit and a diseased tree Cannot bear good fruit. Now he goes to ability. A lost person cannot produce good fruit. They can fake it for a while, but not long. Can't fake it long. They can for a while. I mean, a person can act good for a little while. A person can act nice for a little while. But you let something shake them to the core, fruit's coming out. And Jesus said a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. It's impossible. Now the word cannot is interesting. You'll see at the bottom of the screen here, it's the word ou-dynamé. Dynamé, obviously, sounds like dynamite. That's right. It means ability, means power means energy. Ooh is, in the Greek, is the negation of it. So, udoname means no ability, no power. You don't have the ability or the power or the resources as a diseased tree to push out good fruit. You can't do it. You can try. But you can't. It's not in their purview, not in their ability to be good for very long. So Jesus has got to come in and change the tree, or the fruit doesn't change. Now, verse 19, he goes a little further. It's getting worse, I'm telling you. Verse 19, he goes further. He doesn't stop. Listen to what he says. Every tree that does not bear good fruit cut down and thrown in the fire. He's getting pretty straightforward. If a bad tree doesn't become a good tree and produces good fruit, cut it down. It's worthless. Burn it. A person's life does not bear good fruit. Cut it down. Burns. So, you can't produce good fruit on your own Jesus has to change the tree look at verse 20 Jesus then closed the passage with the other bookend from verse 16 you will recognize them by their fruits he said it twice anytime Jesus says something once you need to listen when he says it twice really listen You'll recognize them by their fruits. You'll recognize them by their fruits. You know what I noticed about the Sermon on the Mount? Sermon on the Mount talks mostly about your fruit, not your salvation. He has about 12 to 14 verses out of three chapters where he talks about being saved. The rest of it, he talks about your life and the way you're living and your fruits. I would have thought Jesus is preaching a sermon that becomes the most famous sermon in the world. I would have thought he'd talk the entire sermon about being saved. He barely mentioned it. But he talked an awful lot about the way you live. So fruit's important. So how do you tell the difference? All the way through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying there is a difference. My followers and the hypocrite, the hypocrites, there's a difference. My followers are different. How do you recognize them? Easy. Watch their fruit. Watch what comes out of their lives. That's how you recognize a false Professor. Have you ever seen this plant before? Not that one. It's me. There we go. Have <laughs> you ever seen that? It's pretty. It's purple. Some of them are pink. Whole field full of them. That's pretty. Wouldn't you love to have a whole field of those around? No. Those are called Canadian thistles. They're in the southern half of Canada northern half of the U.S., they are toxic. They are the most destructive weed anywhere. Livestock won't go near them. Only 20 plants in one square mile will reduce a barley harvest or an alfalfa harvest. By one-third, you take 60 of them, the entire harvest is gone. They're everywhere. Can't get rid of them. You take over. It's a weed that invades, spreads inwardly, goes 15 feet out, goes six feet deep. You try herbicide on it, it doesn't work. It will eventually kill it out. It takes years to kill one plant. Flourishes in harsh conditions, doesn't matter how cold it gets, you can't kill it. One seed of a Canadian thistle lives 20 years. One seed. Can't get rid of them. The only way, the only way you can kill it, you've got to dig down. Roots go down six feet. You've got to dig down to the very lowest depth of the lowest root and treat it, and it'll finally die. That's all you can do. Treat the symptoms. It's going to laugh at you and come back stronger. And folks, I want to tell you, there are a lot of lives around that just exactly like the Canadian thistle. Exactly. They look good. Oh, I want them around. Oh, they they are beautiful. I, I want them in my life. They look good outwardly. But there's something inside that's destructive and toxic. And every relationship they touch It ruins it. And the root of the problem is the very core. You can try to change the outside. I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be kinder. Doesn't work. Forget it. The only way, the only way is go down to the very deepest part of the root and let Jesus change it. That's the only way. And you'll recognize them by their fruits. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for your word. It's pretty harsh. But Lord, there's a reason you spoke it. And God, it's amazing how 2,000 years later we needed as much as those people on the hillside did that day. God, even though we're not looking around us and seeing trees laden with fruit, we we do get the image that you told us. God, I realize there are probably people here and probably online, they profess one thing, but there's really not good fruit coming out of their lives. Some of them probably professed Jesus at a young age, but nothing really changed. And so, God, today, I pray that you would give us courage to make true changes, not superficial ones of just being nicer or being kinder, but going down and letting you treat the root of who we are so good fruit can come out. God, I realize for some people today to make that decision, it's going to take a lot of courage. And so I pray courage for them. In Jesus' name. Amen.